You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here, your host. I have returned. It's been about a week, a week and a half. I was on a bit of a vacation. Need some time off from my regular job, and it was nice to relax and unwind, but also get a few things done, have some fun, see some friends, family, go to the beach. It was a nice time off. But now I am back, and I'm here to catch up on everything that has been going on since I was away. Now, a lot has happened within the past couple of weeks as regards to SummerSlam, TakeOver, NXT, AEW, all out happening this Saturday. Uh, People on the main roster who have just shown up, people who have recently turned heel, people who are no longer under contract in the WWE anymore. A lot's been going on, and we'll get to all that in just a few minutes. To top this show off, uh, sorry, to end the show later on, we'll be doing AEW all-out predictions. But to start things off, big, big, big news. This is more real-world stuff, but Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his wife and two little girls have contracted COVID-19. The Rock put up on his Instagram page yesterday, sending a, a video message saying that him and his family have contracted the virus. However... It's not all doom and gloom. They are doing perfectly. They are doing just fine. He said we have come out on the other side of this virus. His daughters were able to bounce back pretty quick. uh, But he said this is the most challenging thing and most difficult thing he has ever had to go through. And those who are going through this virus, he is with you. He's like he is praying for all of you. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he is sympathizing with all of you and about how so many people have been affected by this. Now, so many people have lost so many loved ones and friends due to this virus and uh, we wish the rock a speedy recovery we're glad that he is doing okay Uh, but also AJ Styles had confirmed on his twitch stream that he also contracted COVID-19 I believe AJ is okay Uh, I believe he was one of those WWE superstars one of those wrestlers reported about a month or so ago about 30 plus people from WWE had contracted the virus and he was one of those people who got it and he had to quarantine there's a lot of people we don't know who had it, and AJ admitted that he had it, but now he he no longer has it, but he is doing okay. That is the big news coming in at the top of the show, is that The Rock had, uh, has tested positive, and his family have tested positive for COVID-19. But thankfully, thank God, they are doing okay. But I did hear on the radio this morning at my job, my coworker had Hot 97 on, uh, Rosa Sty- uh, Styles and Rosenberg, whatever that show is. And Rosenberg is like, oh, I can't read this tweet. And the co-hosts are like, what? And he he saw a tweet after (laughs) Rock had announced he had contracted uh, COVID. Someone goes, oh, man, now now not even the Rock can smell what the Rock is cooking. (laughs) And I... I was laughing my ass off. That, that's fucking funny. That is so fucking funny. Uh, but thank God The Rock is doing okay and his family are doing okay. AJ Styles is doing okay. And we all wish him, all of them, a speedy recovery and hope they do. Uh, they're all doing well sooner rather than later. Uh, but moving on to the next couple topics of news that have happened. 
one of the biggest things, and th- there are three big things that happened after SummerSlam, but I'm just going to go with the one that I have said for the longest time, I will, s- I will believe it when I see it. Well, I see and I believe that. Roman Reigns is officially a heel, and he has aligned himself with Paul Heyman. How many times as wrestling fans, as WWE fans, or fans of Roman Reigns who we just want better for him because his booking is ever since the breakup of the Shield have has been drastically hit or miss? How many times have we dreamt up this scenario for Roman to be a heel, to align himself with Paul Heyman, and for Paul Heyman to be his mouthpiece? It's finally happening. Now, I don't know if Paul is going to speak for Roman the whole time. I see more of a CM Punk, uh, Paul Heyman dynamic in this partnership. but Because Roman is capable of talking on the mic, but he's better suited for the big one-liners. But this Friday coming on SmackDown at the time of this recording, Heyman and Reigns will be addressing the WWE Universe in the WWE Thunderdome. And also happening on that show... Uh, Big E, Baron Corbin, Matt Riddle, and Sheamus will have a fatal four-way to determine who is going to become the number one contender for a future Universal Championship match. Get to that in just a second and my thoughts about it. Um, This all happened. How this all happened. Roman Reigns showed up after the SummerSlam match between The Fiend Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. It was a Falls Count Anywhere match that for some reason happened in the ring that's I will never understand why would you make a falls count anywhere match when you finish it in the ring you may as well have just had an extreme rules match or a no holds barred match or something like that to allow weapons or no disqualification you should have just done that because having a falls count anywhere match and the finish happening in the ring makes no sense but I digress Uh, Bray Wyatt had beaten Braun Strowman for the title Braun Strowman was clearly a heel, and Bray Wyatt is a babyface. They piped in those cheers for when The Fiend won the title. Then Roman Reigns comes out. He spears The Fiend. He attacks The Fiend, and he attacks Braun Strowman, saying things like, you're not a monster without me around. You're not a monster without me. And then he waits for The Fiend to get up. Uh, Roman got his teeth clean, his, te- uh, his teeth chapped. Is that the correct term? I don't know. And spears The Fiend again. Holds up the Universal Championship and says... Well, he doesn't say, but I think it was Michael Cole saying, we never saw this coming. That was the big tagline for SummerSlam. You'll never see it coming. And I got to say, I did not see Roman Reigns coming. I did not expect Roman Reigns to come back during the pandemic when he said he didn't want to work during the pandemic. But I guess he's changed his mind or Vince got in his ear. Um, apparently, this was the plan to have after WrestleMania 36 this year when it was going to be in Tampa for Roman to get a bit of a chip on his shoulder, to have an edge on his character after he beat Goldberg. Uh, obviously, that never happened because Goldberg dropped the title to Braun Strowman and Braun Strowman's universal title reign has been abysmal to say the least. But anyway... Roman Reigns 
had at the time were just like, did he turn heel? Is it is it an edge on his character? We don't know because he they WWE have fucked this up before. They fucked up the thing the the moment when he attacked Triple H at, at TLC 2015. They they messed it up plenty of times with Roman Reigns with the potential double turn with him and Strowman that happened at I think Great Balls of Fire and the ambulance match. Like that was your opportunity for a double turn and they didn't do it. So I was waiting for something else to happen. I was waiting for something else has to happen to convince me this is a heel turn. I'm okay if this is an edge on his character, but I'm not fully convinced it's a heel turn. Until we saw that episode of SmackDown where Vince McMahon had appointed Adam Pearce to get all the signatures of the three opponents for the Universal Championship match at Payback. Roman Reigns, The Fiend, and Braun Strowman. Strowman signs... Bray Wyatt signs with Adam Pierce in a postman's uh, uniform for some reason for Firefly Funhouse. Um, Pierce goes to Roman's locker room and he says, oh, good, Roman, I found you. Okay, so I need you to sign the contract for payback. He's like, hold on, I'm going to read this first. Since when the hell in wrestling contract signings has a wrestler said, I need to read this first? Not in WWE. So... The end of the show cuts to Roman Reigns sitting on a couch saying, we need some changes here. I'm not signing that until there's changes. And as for the title match this Sunday, I'm walking out as the Universal Champion. That's not a prediction. He looks over to his side and says, that's a spoiler. The camera pans over, and it's Paul Heyman saying, believe that. Roman didn't show up for the rest of the show when that match started until after Strowman and the Fiend had made the ring implode and break apart. Roman came in towards the end of the match. He got a spear on Braun Strowman towards the end and pinned Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. Prior to that, he tried getting the Fiend up. The Fiend got the mandible claw. Roman kicks him in the balls. That's a clear heel turn. Roman Reigns is officially a heel, the top heel, on Friday Night SmackDown, and I couldn't be more happy. I could be happier because this is something we've been wanting for a very, very long time, like I said, and now he's the top heel, the top champion on SmackDown. Apparently, WWE's endgame goal is to, this will bring Roman Reigns to the stratosphere of the John Cena levels of top babyface that they've been wanting for him forever. It finally took this. It finally took... Did it take a pandemic for this to happen? I don't know. But something finally got in Vince McMahon's head and said, you know what? We need to turn Roman heel. Everything we've been doing has not been working. He's not been connecting like a babyface like we want him to. And finally, he is a heel and he's with Paul Heyman. I'm very excited for this. Not only for Roman's heel run, but I'm very excited and interested to see because apparently Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, is going to be the top babyface on SmackDown. I'm very intrigued by that. How they're going to handle A lot of people can probably say the Fiend is probably a bit sacrificed in the process of Roman Reigns' heel turn. And if you heard a noise just right now, I have my air conditioning going on because typically when I record... I have my fan going on because the air conditioner is a little too uh, louder than my fan. But my fan's making a weird noise and it's just going to be bad for the audio. So bear with me here. 
Anyway, a lot of people can probably say Bray Wyatt is a bit sacrificed in this whole thing with Roman's um, heel turn now. But I don't think so. Because Bray wasn't pinned. The Fiend wasn't pinned when it came to him dropping the title. So we can only imagine that The Fiend will eventually get a title shot. I I think that they're probably, from, from what I said earlier about this fatal four-way match, they're probably going to have The Fiend come back down the line. I don't know. I've also seen, with Biggie now being on a singles run... I have seen people lobbying. Uh, Ross Twiddell from Cultaholic on Twitter said, let's build this up. Let's have Big E win the Royal Rumble this year and do Roman versus Big E for the Universal Championship next year at Mania. I would love to see that. I'm not sure if they're going to do it, but I would love to see it. I, I probably see them probably doing maybe The Fiend and Roman at Mania next year. Maybe The Fiend can go away for a while uh, because... I think it would do good. I think I think it would be better if the Fiend goes away for a while and eventually tries to get the title back from Roman. I don't know. At the same time, I don't think the Fiend should go for the title right away. And I don't think Big E should go for the title right away in this Fatal 4-Way match. Now, that leaves Baron Corbin, Sheamus, and Matt Riddle. Um... Now you could are uh, Sheamus and, and Baron Corbin are both heels, so that's not going to work with Roman now being a heel. The only only person in that match is Matt Riddle. However, I'm afraid that Baron Corbin and Matt Riddle are just going to continue their feud, even though Matt Riddle got the victory over Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's not done with him, so there it's probably going to be it's it's probably going to be Big E. I don't know. I personally would do Matt Riddle. I would do Matt Riddle, put him in this spot. Obviously, I don't think he'd win the championship from Roman. I don't think he's the one to dethrone Roman. But put place a bet on Matt Riddle, put him in this main event spot, and have him go toe-to-toe with one of the best wrestlers in the entire company. I think Matt Riddle could probably learn a lot from Roman. Not that Matt needs to learn anything, but I, I just think those two together would be a really, a really cool blend of styles with Roman, with Roman and and Matt Riddle. You know, you could get similar vibes of like Brock Lesnar, but but Matt is very much the opposite of Brock Lesnar when it comes to his personality. Uh, Matt Riddle's very uh, chill, like bro, whereas Brock Lesnar's very like. Urgh. You know, speaking of Brock Lesnar, he's no longer contracted with the WWE. Brock Lesnar's no longer contracted under the WWE. His contract has expired. And apparently his contract has expired since WrestleMania this earlier this April. Recently, people have found out that they can't find any of Brock Lesnar's merchandise on WWEShop.com. His merchandise deal has been, has now been done along with his active contract. However, he is still listed as a Raw superstar on the Raw roster on WWE.com. Now, a lot of people are speculating what's going to happen with Brock. Excuse me. A lot of people, including my good buddy and co-host of this, occasional co-host of this podcast, Sean McChesney. Sean, I think, has a hunch that he might go to AEW. Well, I don't know about a hunch, but he's thinking, like, if AEW could get Brock Lesnar, it would be the greatest acquisition in professional wrestling history. 
And I wouldn't argue against that. I don't think Brock's going anywhere. I think one of two things are happening. I think he's either one, done, and just he's like, I've made my money. I've done everything. I don't need to come back. I don't feel like coming back, especially not during a pandemic. Or two, Brock Lesnar is a genius negotiator when it comes to renewing his contract. He is smart. He has a good, probably has a good legal team. Brock Lesnar makes like $12 million a year, $12, $15 million, give or take a year, from WWE just by showing up for like the big, maybe the big four pay-per-views and a few, a few, and then a few Raws here and there or SmackDowns, depending on what show he's on. $12 million. And the guy is not on the road every every day, every day pre-pandemic. So it's one of those two things. I think for now he'll probably just stick stick stay at home, relax. He's got a farm. He's got no people around him. He's got his family he's got there. He's just going to kick back, relax. He's got all this money. And then I think when COVID is, is uh, or at least when it's safer for d- fans to appear at WWE live events, then I think Brock will return. If they can try and do that, I'm sure if they can, they'll try and do that at WrestleMania. I'm sure they'll try to do that at WrestleMania. The only question is, if Brock Lesnar is going to be back at WrestleMania next year, who's his opponent going to be? I mean, there's one person who I think it should be. And I've, I've been saying this since the Royal Rumble. Keith Lee. Limitless Keith Lee is now on Monday Night Raw. Keith Lee has been one of the biggest highlights for me in NXT for the past year and a half now. And I remember when he first came into NXT. I remember uh, when he, I think it was the TakeOver Chicago pay-per-view. I'm not sure which TakeOver Chicago he appeared at. But I remember Keith Lee was in NXT for a little while, and he wasn't doing anything. And I saw his debut match. I'd always heard this name in the independence. Keith Lee, Keith Lee, Keith Lee. He's, he's incredible. He's amazing. I'm like, okay. I never had to see anything he did in the independence, but I saw his debut NXT match, and I just see this 300-plus-pound man do things a 300-plus-pound man should not do. He is one of the most athletic men, not just for his size, but period. He is incredible. And I remember, I don't remember who he was in the ring with, it might have been Kona Reeves or something. It was back when NXT was still on the network. And I'm just like, this guy is amazing. He should be a main highlight of the show every single week. And for a while, he was kind of not doing anything. And it wasn't until he started having these matches with Dominic Dijakovic on the network. And then they started having matches on TV. And they have the North American Championship matches. Keith Lee was naturally getting over with the crowd, his feud with Undisputed Era put him over the top, and I think people really started to understand how good Keith Lee is, including the powers of B at WWE and the head of creative, saw that at Survivor Series last year, when he, when him and Roman Reigns were the last two competitors 
of the match, and Keith Lee put in the match of his life with Roman Reigns. And I was pulling for Keith. I wanted Keith Lee to win so badly. I'm just thinking, like, how big would that be? How amazing would that be for Keith Lee? He didn't win, but it was one of those matches where you still got over in defeat. Steve Austin has said it best. Keith Lee got over that night. Roman Reigns gave him his props, and I think Vince McMahon has been wanting Keith Lee on the main roster ever since that night. I think he's won, and I, God damn it, I want that big man on my roster. And Triple H was probably fighting for it. Triple H was probably like, no, Vince, I got big plans for this guy. At least let me carry out what I want to do with him, then you can take him. They probably had to work something out. Keith Lee, as we all know, he won the North American title, and then he went on and won the NXT title from Adam Cole, and he relinquished the NXT North American Championship, uh, who is now Damian Priest, the current NXT North American Champion. And Keith Lee lost the NXT title to Karrion Cross, which Karrion Cross had to vacate the NXT Championship due to a separated shoulder. And now Keith Lee is on Raw. Uh, and I got to say... He's being put over pretty well. I'm not going to say great or amazing, but pretty. he's got a pretty damn good start so far. He was placed immediately with the top heel on Monday Night Raw in Randy Orton. And, then, and we all know how great Randy Orton's been this year. He's been the best heel of the entire year in pro wrestling. And it's the most interesting Randy's been in a very long time. And they immediately put him in a, in a program with Randy Orton. They have a match at payback. Keith Lee won clean as a whistle in six minutes. Six minutes. This is not phoning in Randy Orton. This is not, oh, let's see what happens. Randy Orton made him look great. And Vince McMahon gave him instructions. Apparently Meltzer's reported that they gave Orton instructions to make Keith Lee look like a star. And I think that's what they have done. On Raw, I mean, they had that triple threat contest. They gave him Dolph Ziggler, which really I don't understand what Ziggler's doing on Raw or anywhere with near Keith Lee. And then they had a triple threat match with Orton, Rollins, and Keith Lee, which apparently originally was supposed to be Rey Mysterio, but Rey Mysterio was hurt, so Dominic took his place, and then Seth Rollins beat Dominic, I believe. And then it was Randy Orton who won in the end. Um, I just don't understand. If you're going to have Orton win in the first place, you're going to have Orton do the rematch. Why not? What was the point of having you know this match in the first place? You know, Getting our hopes up that we could see Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre for the title at one point. I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't crazy about that. However, I think Keith Lee has been doing a, uh, a really, really great start so far on his main roster run. However, um, when he first came in, his gear was a bit bullshit. His uh, theme song was very generic. I don't know why they changed it, but I think it's slowly coming back. I think they're trying to work on that. Uh, his gear is kind of starting to come back when it when happened at Payback. And um, they at least have, oh, bask in his glory, for he is limitless. Uh, and then they have another generic uh, theme. Slowly but surely, it's getting there. I think Keith Lee is trying to get his things back. Another thing is that the CFOs, the CFO dollar sign guys, apparently are no longer with WWE. So they're trying to get talent who had CFO music to get new ones. But Keith Lee's music was 
awesome. It still is awesome. His NXT music. I think they need to just stop with this bullshit and just let him go back to that music because it fit his character so well. And it's him singing it too, which a wrestler singing his own theme song is pretty damn cool. Uh, I'm hopeful for Keith Lee because Keith, uh, I think we have multiple, there have been multiple reports that Vince McMahon is very, very, very high on Keith Lee. We've heard this before with many other wrestlers, but I think with the report that Orton was told to make Keith Lee look like a star at Payback, I think, and how the match went, I think it's, I think those reports are legitimate, and it's very clear that WWE, Vince McMahon has big, big plans for Keith Lee, and I couldn't be happier. I'm so, so excited. Big dream match, Keith, I mean, there's so many Keith Lee dream matches we can have, and maybe I'll make a list for it. We'll wait and see. Moving on to some of the other things that have happened in the world of professional wrestling. We talked about Keith Lee. We talked about his at time in NXT. Uh, a few things that happened in the NXT commentary world. Unfortunately, Mauro Ronaldo has left the WWE, and uh, it's a bit of a sad, it's sad news and. I'm bummed out because Mauro Ronaldo is probably my fa- my favorite play-by-play commentator in the game today. Um, I'm just a big fan of his. I watched his bipolar rock and roller documentary, and I have all the respect in the world for him. I would highly recommend anybody if you haven't seen bipolar rock and roller, try and go find it on YouTube. Uh, watch it on Showtime if you have like your cable provider. Go on demand. Try and find that documentary. If it's still up there, watch Bipolar Rock and Roller with Mauro Ronaldo. You really, really, if you if you think you understand about bipolar disorder, or if you don't understand bipolar disorder, you really should watch this. It's a real eye-opener, and it might help you understand the struggles some people go through with mental health. And I implore anybody to go watch it. And it's, it's just very, very powerful stuff. And... You would think with how enthusiastic and how energetic Mauro Ronaldo is when it comes to uh, calling NXT matches or just wrestling matches in general that, you know, he has all the confidence in the world and it's not the case. But anyway, Mauro Ronaldo has left uh, WWE. Apparently, he, WWE have been able to have him work home, work from home um, during the pandemic in out of his studio, his home studio in California, uh, as well as Beth Phoenix. Um, however, uh, Ma- the, apparently the reasoning for Morrow leaving is nothing negative. It's nothing like when J- the reports of JBL bullying him. Uh, it's nothing like this incident with like Corey Graves last year. Uh, apparently, the reasoning is is because um, Morrow's mother is very sick and she's in the hospital, and he's trying to move back to Vancouver, uh, Canada. And uh, I, I I have to give respect to that, and I think any person would, with uh, how much they love their mom, like they would have, they would be doing the same thing Mauro is doing. So uh, I give all the respect in the world to Mauro Ronaldo. Uh, I thank Mauro Ronaldo for calling some of my favorite matches I've seen in NXT with the Gargano Champa matches, Cole and Gargano, uh, the Undisputed Era tag matches. Uh, the War Games matches, just the list goes on and on and on. You know, uh, Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane. Uh, Morrow has done uh, an amazing job. He, uh, he, his work, 
just not just in NXT, but on SmackDown when he called AJ Styles and John Cena, his work for Bellator, Showtime Boxing. I mean, the guy was the play-by-play commentator for McGregor and Mayweather. I mean, he's got to have a shit ton of money just from that gig. Um, I wish Mauro Nalo all the best um, in his in his uh, future endeavors. I really didn't want to say that line, but I ended up saying it. Um, I hope he does well. I hope wherever he goes, wherever he ends up, uh, he's happy. Maybe one day we could see him return. Uh, who knows? But I think we're not going to be seeing him for too much in the commentary game. So hopefully his mother gets well soon, and hopefully everything goes well for Mauro Ronaldo. Uh So the NXT commentary team now looks... Uh, it's Vic Joseph on the play-by-play commentator side, and I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Wade Barrett has returned. It's not necessarily the Wade Barrett return I wanted, but I'll take it, because Wade Barrett is now the new color commentator for NXT. And I'm really excited about this, because if you're not familiar with Wade Barrett slash Stu Bennett's work in uh, commentary... He's pretty damn good. He is pretty damn good. If you listen to this stuff that he's done with NWA Power, Stu Bennett is a great uh, uh, color commentator. And I'm very excited to see how uh, things play out. He's been doing some one-off appearances so far. Apparently, he's negotiating a contract, but on WWE.com, he's listed on the NXT roster. Um, I think this is a good role for him. Um, I think it really sucks that They've also furloughed Morrow. I'm sorry, not Morrow, but Nigel McGuinness, which he was the best color commentator in the entire company. He by far is the best, and I don't know why they furloughed him or if he's even coming back. I have no idea if if um, if Nigel's coming back. Maybe he will. Maybe Wade Barrett will have an NXT run as a wrestler, and then Nigel will come back. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but I have to say I I like the dynamic between Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett and now Beth Phoenix. It's going to take some getting used to for them to all find their chemistry because it, it's still in the feeling out process, but so far so good. Uh, but it's that hole is very much going to be there for a long time with Morrow now no longer being there. It just really, really sucks, and I just... You know, I really do miss uh, that time in NXT. Um, you know, ever since NXT went to the USA Network, uh, a lot of people can say that NXT has lost a lot of what uh, made it so great. And that could be because of uh, the network being being on USA Network now, major television uh, corporation, or a, the the big fear of Vince McMahon getting his fingers on NXT, uh, really worried about that. Um, because there was a lot of outrage this week from a lot of fans about what happened between Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, and Finn Balor in a fatal four-way Ironman match for the NXT championship. Now, I'm watching this on fr- uh, this past uh, Tuesday, and I'm enjoying it. The episode of NXT is good. Uh, the the six man street fight is good. Uh, Bronson Reed's match is really good. I can't remember who he had a match with, but I liked it. Um, Candice LeRae had a match against Cat Casey Catanzaro, um, 
And apparently her and Tegan Knox are going to have this uh, tea party thing, which will probably end up in a fight. I mean, they're trying to make it seem like Tegan and Candace were such great friends when we've seen them on TV like twice together. Uh, I don't know. But this match was an hour. And I think there the, the problems with it were that I think the biggest problem, obviously, is in front of fans. And I think had they done this in front of fans, oh my God, people would really be pissed off. Extremely pissed off. I know I would have if I bought a ticket and if I was in full sale, I would have been livid. I'm like, I paid this money and I sat through this match and I don't even get a conclusive winner. However, I'm not livid with what happened. The match had its moments. I think the pacing, some some points in the pacing was a little off, but I don't know. They they built it up pretty well. I mean, Champa properly turning heel. Uh, we got heel Champa again. Uh, I think a big question is who's the babyface in NXT now? Who's the top babyface? Is it Finn Balor? Is it Adam Cole? It's definitely not Gargano. It's definitely not Champa. Um, I don't know. The the final sequences with, you know, Balor getting the... It was either the 1960 and the coup de grace on Champa, and he's celebrating, and he's... Cl- I'm like, Adam Cole's going to come in and hit a last shot. And he hits the last shot, and it won to... Kind of a fast count, because he was having trouble getting Balor on his shoulders, but just in the nick of time gets the three, and it's tied 2-2, Balor and Cole, with uh, Gargano and Champa both having one. So, William Regal comes out, and next week, he says, Next week, you two will fight for the NXT Championship. One fall. And okay, they're both like, okay, okay. And I'm like, okay, that was a ratings play. And I'm not so much mad about that because I think Balor and Cole are going to have a great match. The only thing is, it's way too one-sided. It is way too one-sided when it comes to Balor versus Cole. I don't think anybody, especially Adam Cole, wants to be NXT champion. Nobody wants Adam Cole to be NXT champion. It's not because we don't think he'll do a good job. We've seen it. But he literally just lost the title two months ago almost to Keith Lee. He doesn't need to be NXT champion. And the thing that worries me the most about this is Pat McAfee coming in and screwing Cole out of the championship. I don't want that to happen, but it's most likely going to happen. You know? I mean... I... I... I I really don't want that to happen. What I would have done is if you're going to do a tie... I would have done Champa and Balor because at least there you have no clue who's winning that match. You have zero clue. It could have gone it could go to either guy. Champa is he's starting to become proper heel Champa again. The Sicilian psychopath. He's back. And Balor is more of an a tweener slash babyface role in this Prince character he has. So between those two, you really don't know who's going to win. They could put the belt back on Champa, or they could put the belt back on Balor in this new character he's got. So 
I don't understand. It's not that Cole and Balor won't have a great match. I'm sure they will. But it leaves for, one, too much of an obvious winner being Finn Balor. And two, having... It, 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 Pat McAfee is going to show up. I'm telling you. He's going to show up next Tuesday. And he's going to cost Cole the championship. And they're going to continue this feud. I didn't mind... Adam Cole and Pat McAfee having a match at TakeOver, Cole winning, that's fine. McAfee, if he wants to become a wrestler again, okay, that's fine. But I don't want to keep seeing it. The match was not bad, and Pat McAfee put in a better fight and was very impressive, more impressive than I thought he was going to be. But... I don't want to see him come in and cost Cole the championship. And many of you could probably be like, well, Pat McAfee's a heel, so if you don't want to see him cost Cole the championship, then he's doing his job right. In a kayfabe sense, yes, he's doing his job right, but why do we have to see it? Why do we have to see Cole and McAfee again? I don't know. It just it doesn't need to be that way. If they really want to do Cole and McAfee, it doesn't need to be that way again. It doesn't. You could do it literally any other way. You could have him attack one of his un, one of the undisputed era guys and continue the feud that way. He doesn't need to get involved in a main event of the of the title match next week between him and Balor. Honestly, I, does it suck that we watched a match for an hour and we don't have a conclusive winner? Yeah, it kind of sucks. Was the match good? Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, it had its moments. Was I completely satisfied? No, not completely. But I'm I'm looking forward to Balor and Cole, but I'm really going to be disappointed if McAfee is going to be getting involved. Now, I'm not outraged like I've seen so many people on Twitter. I am not outraged. I saw uh, JD, uh, podcaster, screaming and yelling, and like, this is not the NXT I, I love. This is not the NXT I remember. And look, for anybody who is pissed off about what happened at NXT, for anybody who is livid, you have every right to your own opinion. Just like I have my every right to my own opinion. You, If you're mad about it, don't watch NXT. Alright? Don't watch it. Go watch AEW. Go watch New Japan. Go watch Impact. Watch whatever you want. For me, I'm not going to throw everything away because of this. I still like NXT. I still love wrestlers on that brand. Gargano, Champa, Balor, Cole for one. Uh, I'm really digging Damian Priest and what he's been doing. Undisputed Era as a whole. Bronson Reed is is going to be an effing star. Rhea Ripley. I, Io Shirai is the women's champion. Candice LeRae. We're talking about how much I love Candice LeRae for so long. I want to see her as NXT Women's Champion and Gargano with one of the belts. My point is, don't get so worked up about it. Yeah, it's okay to be passionate. It's okay to have an opinion. It's okay to be passionate. If you don't want to watch NXT, it's fine. There are plenty of other alternatives. But I think there are more important things in life to get upset about and angry about rather than this finish to this match. That's just my humble opinion. And you can take that however you want. You don't want to watch NXT? That's cool, dude. It's cool. AEW's on Wednesdays. NXT's on a Tuesday this week. But could NXT go to Tuesdays? Permanently? 
Apparently that's being reported. I'm not sure if it's WrestleVotes or Meltzer or Brian Alvarez or whoever it was, but apparently there's talks that they might move NXT to Tuesdays because of how they've been trying to counterbook against AEW. And honestly, that's I think that's a good move to move it to Tuesdays because, for one, I'll be able to get to watch both shows in the same week on two different nights. Live, that is. Um, and I just think that... I mean, it's shown the ratings have improved for NXT. I think like 849,000 was the total for AEW, Sorry for NXT. It was that many people watching. And that's a great thing. You know, wrestling fans can watch more wrestling. They don't have to choose. Um, and I really really would like that because it does show after this past week that they are trying to counter book with AEW even though I don't understand why they did that to bring in more ratings I just I I don't know I gave my opinion I do think Balor and Cole is going to be a good match but I am not outraged by so many people who think that this is bullshit and that NXT has lost its way I I is it different since the USA Network yeah of course but I still enjoy the product and I still like it and I still will keep up with it. Well, because mainly I have to. I have to keep up with this program. I have to keep up with NXT because I have this podcast for all 13 of you who listen. <laughs> um, I mean, who who become the new NXT champion by next Tuesday? It's going to be Balor. It's going to be Finn Balor and it should have been Finn Balor. Um, should have been Balor this past Tuesday. Uh, I really should have. But um, anyway, yeah, NXT, please move it to Tuesdays. Please, please, please move it to Tuesday nights. And I guess we will go into AEW All Out happening this Saturday. The main thing I want to talk about with AEW before I get into my AEW predictions is this big question. I think it's obvious crystal clear that we are going to get a heel turn from somebody on Saturday between two individuals a tag team the question is who's going to do it is it going to be Hangman Adam Page or is it going to be Kenny Omega in the past couple weeks AEW's television has been so captivating with this storyline I have said this storyline right here with the elite is my favorite storyline not only in AEW, but probably in pro wrestling right now. It's been building for several months. We are now leading to almost the one year since Hangman Adam Page had his world champion. Actually, I think it was about a year, a couple days ago, since Hangman Adam Page had his championship match against Chris Jericho for the inaugural AEW championship, uh, to become the inaugural AEW champion. And since then, Hangman Page has grown so much. And we have seen FTR kind of get in Hangman's head. Manipulating Hangman Page. Manipulating the Young Bucks. Manipulating Cody Cody Rhodes. Kenny Omega. A while ago, FTR properly turned heel, attacked the Rock and Roll Express, and now Tully Blanchard is managing them down to the ring. I love it. Now Tully Blanchard has Sean Spears and has FTR. 
They have called them the greatest tag team in the world. There is, it's clear that there is a lot of dissension in the elite. That being, uh, Hangman Page is no longer in the elite. Hangman's out. The Young Bucks kicked them out. Kicked them out because uh, he cost them the match. He cost them the gauntlet match to go after the tag titles. Are you scared that we have to face this again because you think we're going to win? And Matt Jackson took the scotch from Hangman Page and said, "You know what? Let's say this for months." You're nothing but a drunk. This is what you wanted, right? This is what you wanted. Well, you know what? We're done. You don't ever want to be our friend. We're done with you. You're out of the elite. FTR came out during in the middle of an uh, interview segment with Tony Schiavone and Kenny Omega. And they came out and they wanted to honor, I believe it was, Kenny Omega. And they were just berating him and bombarding him. Hangman Page comes in. And looks, he looks just depressed and sad and angry. And he's like, go go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. I think it was Dax Harwood. Calling, uh, yeah, it was Dax. Uh, going like, go ahead. Go ahead, Adam. Tell him. I've known Hangman Page all his life. And he's nothing. he's been nothing but a scared little boy and a piece of shit. Which actually Hangman Page put, he's piece of shit in his bio which was pretty funny on uh, he has it on his bio on twitter i believe and ftr they're getting the clear dissension between hangman and kenny omega hangman uh, they took the tag titles and grabbed them from hangman and omega and Hangman was like come on give those back and as hangman was going to give the title back to kenny kenny just wa- was out of the ring um what do we benefit more from? From which person turning heel? Because I've been saying how I want to heel Kenny Omega to take the championship off of a off John Moxley. I've been saying that for a few weeks now, almost a month, that I want it to be a heel Kenny Omega. But is it going to be Kenny Omega? What if it's a heel Hangman Adam Page? Because there's no way this tag match ends without those two breaking up, regardless of whoever wins. Someone's turning heel. And as of right now, I'm kind of leaning more on Hangman Adam Page. I think he's going to do it. And I'll get more into that match and how I think what's going to happen in the predictions coming up right now. AEW All Out 2020 heading back into Daly's Place. The fans have returned, as we have mentioned. The fans are back in Daly's Place and... This is the first pay-per-view happening for AEW since Revolution earlier this year in February with crowds. Uh, I've seen that AEW is taking those precautions seriously, and they are making sure everybody's social distancing. Unless you're in with your group of people, then you're not near other people. You order merchandise for mobile orders, and they'll bring it to you, or they'll call you when it's ready. Hand sanitizers, all that stuff. Props to AEW for keeping everybody safe. We're going to kick things off with the predictions here with the buy-in match, which is going to be Dr. Britt Baker versus Big Swole in a tooth and nail match. Apparently, Big Swole won the match to determine the stipulation, and this is on the buy-in, and apparently it's reported that it's going to be a cinematic match. 
Um, it's pretty clear that it's going to be Britt Baker, right? This stipulation favors her. I don't know why Big Soul would pick a stipulation that doesn't help her, but it's got to be Britt Baker because I think Britt Baker, it's her first proper match back in AEW. She's been out with an injury for a while, but she's still been on NXT, uh, sorry, AEW TV. And I think she's going to win the match, and I think she will be the next challenger in line for the AEW Women's Championship because I've been saying you, for months, get the title on Britt Baker. She needs to be champion right now. And I think she would have been champion had she not had hurt herself. Or she had not gotten hurt, rather. Next up, we're going to go with the Jurassic Express of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus the Young Bucks of Matt and Nick Jackson. This match was set up earlier this week on Dynamite, where it was Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus, and the Young Bucks versus uh, SCU and Private Party. And the winning team would face each other at All Out. Uh, I'm taking the Bucks here. Pretty, pretty simple. This is the way just to get the Bucks on the uh, on the pay per view card. Um, I don't see Jurassic Express winning this. Uh, I think you set this up to have Young Bucks as uh, a challenger to the tag titles again. Uh, I would just like uh, in the future for Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy in general, just to have a winning feud. The next feud they do because they've been, you know, he's been losing a lot of feuds lately. Like, you know, Jungle Boy lost uh, with MJF earlier this year and then their tag feuds. Like, just, just book them to win something at least. You know, they're a great group. People love them. I love them. I love Jungle Boy and, and Luchasaurus. Next up, we have an eight-man tag match with the Dark Order versus the Natural Nightmares of Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall, uh, Scorpio Sky, and Matt Cardona. Uh, this, I'm taking the Dark Order. Brody Lee just won the uh, the TNT uh, championship and Dark Order have been a big highlight on Dynamite for me. Uh, they went from being like a nobody, well, not nobodies, but they went from like being a tag team that no one really understood and no one really cared for to being the top heel faction on Dynamite. And the fact they've done so well with Brody Lee coming in during the pandemic era, uh, it's he's been incredible. I've I've loved Brody Lee's work in Dynamite. I've loved Dark Order's work on Dynamite. And I recently started watching BTE again and Dark Order, I mean, I am going to have to go back and watch a bunch of old episodes. They are fucking hilarious. Go and watch the most recent episode of BTE. You're going to laugh your ass off with these Dark Order segments. They are so funny. They are so funny and I'm glad you get to see that side of them on being the elite. Uh but yes, Dark Order to take the win. Uh, maybe you could potentially set up a match between uh, Cardona and Brody Lee in this process, but I'm going to take uh, Dark Order for the win. Uh, next, we're going to go with the Casino Battle Royal. The winner will get an AEW, a future AEW Championship match. The participants are Darby Allin, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, The Butcher and the Blade, Eddie Kingston, Sean Spears, uh, Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz, Chuck Taylor, uh, Trent Beretta, and a mystery uh, competitor. Um, as far as the mystery competitor goes, you probably want to put your money that it's somebody who's not on the current roster. I'm not necessarily sure who that person's going to be, but I will take a guess that I think it's going to be Miro. 
I think it's going to be the former the former Rusev Miro. I think Miro Day will be all elite very soon. Uh, d- that is just a big shot in the dark. If it happens, great for him because he said a while ago he was done with wrestling. Don't ever believe a wrestler when they're when they're Miro's age and they say, "Oh, I'm done with wrestling." No, he'll he'll be back. He'll be back. Will he be back this Saturday? I hope so. But as for the winner, um. I'm going to go with Pentagon Jr. I think Pentagon Jr. would... I think people have kind of forgotten just how damn good he is as a singles wrestler. Ray Phoenix has kind of gotten to be able, be able to uh, have his shine as a singles wrestler here and there. I mean, him and Nick Jackson had a great match on Dynamite one night. Um, but I think people have forgotten how good Pentagon is. He's kind of been lost when, when he couldn't be around for a while. He was stuck in Mexico, and he also uh, being relegated to a tag, not relegated, but being in a tag team with his brother, Ray Phoenix, even though they are a great tag team. Uh, I think people have just kind of forgotten how good of a single wrestler he is. Just just look at the, the match he had with All Out, I'm sorry, All In a couple of years ago with Kenny Omega. That match was awesome, and it was the first time I saw who Pentagon Jr. was. It was uh, a fantastic match. But I think Pentagon Jr. is going to take the win here. Uh, next, we're going to go with the AEW Women's Championship match. Hikaru Shida versus Thunder Rosa, uh, the current NWA Women's Champion. Now, I will be completely honest that I don't know anything about Thunder Rosa. Um, I've heard nothing but good things. I heard she had a really great match with Serena Deeb on Dynamite this week. Um but I'm going to have to go with Hikaru Shida because um, I don't think they'll put the belt on her, uh, on Thunder Rosa. It would be huge. I mean, you have an outsider coming in as a double and then walking out as a double champion. I won't talk myself into that prediction, but I think Hikaru Shida will win. She'll retain because I think we are leading to Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker. I've been, I was saying that earlier this year that those two need to feud for the title belt because they had an amazing match earlier this year during the uh, the lockdown era with the pandemic going on. Next up, let's go with Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. If Matt Hardy loses, he must leave AEW. So Matt Hardy's winning, right? Because there's no way he's leaving. Um, I mean, you could speculate that he could leave and come back as a new character, new uh, new. Uh, character is Matt Hardy, but I don't see that happening. I, I see Matt Hardy winning. Um, I expect this to be a really, like, really good match between Guevara and Matt Hardy, but uh, I don't see Matt Hardy leaving AEW yet. He's barely been there. He was only he only made his debut earlier this year in March. So for that, I'm gonna have to go with Matt Hardy for the victory here. Uh, next up, Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a Mimosa Mayhem match. Would you look at that? They got a little bit of the bubbly and the orange juice mixed together. Makes mimosas. Thank you for listening to my bullshit and my ranting. Uh, this match can only be won by pinfall, submission, or throwing your opponent into a tank of mimosa. Um, this one I'm a little unsure of. Just a little. Because you could have Jericho win and you after the match you could still have like the best friends in Orange Cassidy throw Jericho into the pool of mimosa but i think that would probably lead leave it open for more for more matches between Jericho and Cassidy i think that this is going to be the end of the feud and i'm going to go with Orange Cassidy i think Orange Cassidy will throw Chris Jericho into that tank of mimosa and 
Look, with that stipulation, regardless of who wins, Chris Jericho's definitely going in that tank of mimosa. Jericho has never been afraid of making himself look stupid for his babyface opponent to look really, really good in the process. So I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy. I, Jericho has said how much he has enjoyed working with Orange Cassidy and how much he has put over Orange Cassidy, uh, like just talking about it before this feud happened, that saying that he didn't get it at first, but now he's like Orange Cassidy is a genius. And he is. So I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy for the win in this match. Next for the AEW Tag Team Championship, this is... Definitely going to be match of the night. The champions, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page versus FTR, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood with Tully Blanchard managing them in their corner for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Say yeah! FTR, baby. They're going to win the championships. This is going to lead to a tag title match, a feud with the Young Bucks, which we have been wanting for for so, so long I don't think it'll happen right away. I still think they will try. And I honestly think they're going to try and milk this feud to try, maybe try to wait until more fans can come into attendance. But you've got some fans back now. So I say do it. Let's do it. FTR are going to walk out as the new AEW Tag Team Champions. But what's going to happen after the match? What's going to happen? Is Kenny Omega going to turn heel? Is Adam Page going to turn heel? I think Hangman Adam Page is going to turn heel. And I think we are going to finally get this rumored faction we've been hearing about for so long. This Four Horsemen-esque faction. We've heard about it with Cody being in there. But here's what you can do. I think for now... Align Hangman Adam Page with FTR and Sean Spears. There's your faction. There's your new faction right there. Turn Hangman Page heel and have him lead this faction with FTR. There you got four guys. Hangman, world title. FTR, tag titles. Sean Spears, TNT title. And Tully Blanchard managing them all? If anything, it's more of like... Uh, the Dangerous Alliance with WCW with Paul with Paul E. But anyway, I think that's a potential thing that could happen. I'm definitely banking on FTR to walk out as the new tag team champions. And finally, the main event of the evening, the champion John Moxley defending the title against the number one contender MJF. In this match, the paradigm shift is banned as a finishing move. For as much as that is a disadvantage to the babyface. I'm still going with John Moxley. I think John Moxley will enter into a feud with a heel, Hangman Adam Page, and Hangman Adam Page will be the one to dethrone John Moxley. As really good as that last segment was they had, where MJF just beat the shit out of John Moxley, and they even had subtle little hints in there where Wardlow, before he handed the championship to MJF, was just staring at it like he was in a trance with the title. I think we're going to get MJF, uh, sorry, I think we're going to get John Moxley retaining, and we're going to get him facing Hangman Adam Page at a future pay-per-view. I'm really excited and really looking forward to All Out this coming Saturday. Uh, that's going to do it for me for this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, be pleased, be sure to follow us at TNAWP on Twitter, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and 
Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google, Anchor.fm, wherever you can find your po- your fine podcast platforms. If you go on the Anchor.fm website, it will give you the whole list. Type the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. That will give you the whole list of where you can find us on all your podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I've been CJ Palmasano, and I will see you next time.